I'm Allison Van Hooser, and I'm on a sold-out mission to develop highly successful leaders at all levels. In the 15 years I've been working throughout the food, financial, retail industries, and politics, I've become deeply aware of the powerful effects of leadership. In each episode, you will get strategies and actions you can use immediately in order to change you, your team, and your business. The question is, will you choose to own it? Will you put your stake in the ground and decide to do something with what you've learned today? This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stake, the Leadership Podcast. Today, you're in for a treat. I am sharing with you all another episode of The Man and the Millennial Show. My hope is that as you listen to this, you will gain ideas in how to manage up and how to manage your manager, not in an effort to manipulate, but to create a win-win situation for everyone. Enjoy. Welcome to episode 11 of The Man and the Millennial Show. We're excited that you're here again and we are talking about our quarterly topic is team building. Team building. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been on a lot of teams over the course of my life. I played sports when I was young, so that's, I guess, my first exposure to team building. But I'm not going to tell you how many years I've been in the work world, but there's been a lot of teams in and out of that. So I'm excited about today's conversation and the the conversation that will proceed during the course of this quarter. I appreciate you picking that one. I'm excited about it too, but you made me think I was with a client recently and they said, did you play any sports in high school? And I told them I was a cheerleader and they said it doesn't count. So (laughs) maybe I didn't play any sports when I was growing up, but I have been a part of some different teams. Well, the other sport that she played in high school that may be interesting to you all is that she was a very accomplished cross-country runner. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I even remember it way back in the day. It was amazing that I could get last place every (laughs) single time. It was an art, I'm telling you. I mean, I love it. I'm sorry about that. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, so let's talk about teams for a second. Have you been a part of a good team? Have you been a part of a bad team? Before? I, you know, I have. I've been a part of a number of good teams and a number of bad teams. Um, I don't know which one you want to talk about first, but I'll, I'll start with the team, the good. Okay, yeah. I'll start with the good, you know, uh, without going into a lot of details, because I could do that uh, pretty easily, actually. But But the good was always made better because we had an effective leader. The good was always made better because uh, the leadership that, that he or she offered incorporated everybody into the process. They didn't focus on one member of the team. They focused on all members of the team. And then one more thing. Not only did they focus on the members of the team, but individu- as a team, but individually they focused on the team member and what the team member needed from this experience. So I don't know if I said that well. They were focused on the entire team, but as a team, they also focused on the individual and what should the individual get or need or whatever. That light is kind of We've got a light. If you're watching this, we are... It was lighting my armpit. That's what it was. Now, anyway, go ahead. We're good. You're making me think as you're talking about that. So we get to work with a lot of different teams, people, organizations right. of different sizes. We work with family-owned businesses. We work with large corporations. We work with global corporations, all every, and everywhere in between. But it makes me think we can even tell just immediately walking in the room 
the vibe of the team. No question. I mean, there's a sense, there's a sensation to it all. And, you know, when you walk into a team where there's a lot of energy, into an, uh, into an organization or into a department where there's a lot of energy, there's a lot of upbeat, you see people laughing, speaking to one another, sort of, as opposed to there's this sort of, well, you use the word vibe, this vibe that's very downbeat, that's very, that, that very, I don't know, I, I, she's right, we can tell pretty, pretty quickly, but it doesn't have to be that way. That, that, that's why we're talking about this is how to make and and, and build and, and create effective teams. And I think it, there's something to be said for most, I have never met anybody that says, I'm good with a mediocre team. Like I'm good with us being average. Most people want a better team. And so we work really hard in order to make that happen. But oftentimes good people, good leaders are doing good work and they're not getting the results that they want. And today we're going to give you a very specific example of how that could happen. And maybe it's even happening on your team and we're going to talk to you about practical steps you can take in order to level up, to improve your team. Uh, to get started, should we go ahead and kick off with the question? Okay. Yeah, sure. We have Phil. He does such a good job. When we end these episodes, he will say... Shoot us an email at hello at vanguiser.com. Uh, send us a text. Give us a call. Let us know what you're struggling with so that we can... We really do care. We, we really, really do, do care. This is intended for you, not for us. We have a lot of fun with it. But if you're not finding some value, then quite frankly, why are we doing it? Now, with that said, we're always looking for feedback. We got some this week that we think is important enough to share with the bigger group. Yes, and this is something, this person's question, their concern, is something that we've heard several times before. Absolutely. We know Absolutely. lots of people struggle with it. So, without further ado, this person reached out to us and they said, <clears throat> I'm a very goal-driven person. I have things I want to accomplish in my career. So am I. <laughs> so am I. Okay. And they said that, you know, their manager comes around often. They give them lots of feedback, and that's something that... That's a good thing. That's a good thing. We've encouraged you all to do that. Absolutely. Over and over and over. So we've got a person with good intentions who's giving feedback as often as they can, as often as they feel appropriate, but we have an employee who's conflicted. Yeah. This employee is conflicted because they said, I'm very goal-driven. I want to know exactly what I'm doing wrong or where I need to improve so that I can move up, so that I can grow. But every time I talk with my manager, they're asking, how are things going? How can I help you? Which on the surface is a pretty good question. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. You're well, going to say something else. Well, here's the deal. And the way I look at this, we've talked a, bit, a little bit about this one before the, before the, the program started, before this episode began. And... And there's two ways of looking at this, and there's two ways that you must look at. You must look at it from the leader's perspective, but you must also look at it from the follower's perspective. When the leader and follower are on the same team, you know, and so on the same wavelength, the team building becomes pretty easy. But if the if the wavelength misses for some reason, for any reason, we have something that we have to intend. From a leadership standpoint, when the leader is coming around and checking on the person, how are things going? You're doing good. That's leadership 101. <laughs> right. But leadership 102 and maybe 201, maybe even 301 and 401 means that we have to recognize when we're sort of off 
track a little bit. And and the issue that you've talked about that you're explaining right now, it's it's good. The leader can say, but I'm asking, right. but they may not be asking the right questions. And when the leader does not ask the right question, it may be, become incumbent upon the follower to actually take the lead. If you Googled right now, what are the top leadership skills needed after the pandemic? You will see study after study that is that is coming out right now, especially in 2022, that says that empathy is a top leadership skill. The, the thing that I think good people are missing is that when we say empathy is a top leadership skill, we're not talking about compassion necessarily. Can we stop even right there for yeah. a second? You know, the word empathy itself, everybody's heard it, but yes. if you ask people what is empathy... Sometimes I think there's a mis uh, a misguided um, understanding or definition of it. I like to I like to sandwich empathy between two other words. Okay. Think about it. sympathy. Right. Is feeling sorry for someone. Yes. Apathy means I don't care anything at all about anyone. I'm apathetic. I don't really know. I don't really care. So we got sympathy that's feeling sorry and, and apathy that's feeling, I have no feeling at all. And then right in between is empathy where you're feeling as that person is feeling. And when you feel as the person is feeling, you can think like this. That's the point. And then you should be able to backtrack and say, okay, what am I doing? What are they thinking? What am I doing? How can I connect the dots? Because here we have a situation where two people are both working very hard, trying to do good work, but they're not connected. There's one thing that you have to say. When this person, a high highly, highly driven, uh, um, highly motivated individual wanting to do better, and the leader coming in going, how's it going? Well, it's not going okay. I mean, this is a highly driven, highly motivated, high performing individual, but they want to do more. And yet for some strange reason, the supervisor has not acknowledged or recognized that just yet. And it could be that the supervisor might even be thinking, they're doing such a great job. I just want to support them. I don't Let want, them know, keep going. They don't have to do any more to impress me. They're, what they're doing right now is impressive to me. Point, yeah. But it's not necessarily impressive or satisfying to the individual, him or herself. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we talk about in our face-to-face -face program. We talk about getting to know, K-N-O-W, getting to know your followers. There's certain things we need to know about our followers. You know their name, their their situation, their circumstance, etc. Those are those are the, the table stakes. That's what you got to do just to get started. Yeah. But what you really need to know about your followers, you need to know what their hopes, their dreams, their goals, or aspirations are. But you also need to know what their fears, their anxieties, their frustrations, their 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 shortcomings are. And if you're only focused on superficially knowing the person without getting to know them deeper, then that can be exceptionally frustrating to the individual, especially a high-performing individual. And things happen. Uh, when a high-performing individual doesn't get to continue to grow and perform, then they get frustrated. Absolutely. So we were talking about this beforehand, as Phil said, and uh, let's talk about, okay, you've listened to this episode. Maybe this is your challenge, too. What do you do about it? We were talking about one of the things I'm really passionate about, I know Phil is too, is an ownership mindset of we could place blame and say, you know, my supervisor isn't doing this for me. My leader's not doing this. But ultimately, 
we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. So let's explore for a moment some practical steps that you could put into place if you're struggling with this same situation. Want me to start? Hit it. You know, um, first of all, we talk a lot uh, in the Man and Millennial. We talk a lot in our in-person training program. We write about it a lot. We write about the importance of making a connection, establishing a connection between leader and follower. Now, more often than not, we're talking about that from a leader to a follower right. standpoint, that a leader has to go out of his or her way to, to establish and build that connection. But sometimes, sometimes it becomes a reverse process where the follower has to build that connection at a deeper level or more significant level for him or her to accomplish what they want. We can call that managing your manager. Uh, that sounds manipulative. We don't mean that that way at right, all. But right. sometimes if the manager, the supervisor, the leader doesn't understand what we need, then we have to somehow share with them what we need. I'll just add this to that. You said that can sound manipulating. I always think about this. Um, if the outcome is win-win, it's not manipulating. If you step up and you are managing up, that can be a win-win situation. Absolutely. And, and then more often than not, the, the leader, the manager, the supervisor may later come back and go, thank you, I was unaware. Yes. It wasn't that I didn't intend, or was I, I just was unaware. So one of the things that I say is, first and foremost, it makes sound exceptionally simplistic, but I also see it happen all the time. Don't stop communicating. Frustration can often, when my boss doesn't know me, my boss isn't trying to get to know me, my boss isn't doesn't understand me, and so I'm done. Don't. That's an emotional response to a circumstance or situation that you find to be frustrating. The least, the last thing you need to do is to forego or cut off communication. That would not help them and that would not help you. If you're goal-driven, trying to achieve your goals, you checking out is not going to move you forward. No, and anything that we would do that would be counterproductive to our purposes, in this case, we would not be moving forward, we don't need to do. So number one, keep communicating. Don't restrict communication. I agree. I think the heart of what I have to offer in this specific situation all stems back to communicating. I know, so here we get to give a generational perspective. If we look at a lot of organizations today, there are several organizations who have people who are around my age who are holding executive positions. Right. However, there are also still very many organizations who have people who are more along the lines of Phil's age. The graybeards <laughs> and the bunch. Holding those executive positions. So, Phil can talk about, even from an executive position, what it might feel like to have someone younger or inexperienced come up and say, this is the opportunity that I want or this is how I want to move forward. But I can also speak to it from a standpoint of, I have been in that those shoes many times. I remember when I first started out in the banking world, one of the first things I did, right or wrong, maybe too much youthful angst in me, I went to the CEO and said, one day I want to be CEO of this bank. And I remember they said, you know you're telling me you want my job, and I'm still going to be here in 20 years. And we sort of laughed it off, but it was that open communication that let both of us sort of backtrack and create a roadmap that worked for everyone. But that's a, that's a really important point. Speaking from the boomer perspective, if I had a millennial or a Gen Xer or now soon to be Gen Zers coming in my office and saying, I want, I, my goal is, I want to work toward, that would be a very encouraging, not a threatening thing for me. Not a threat. I would be going, 
Thank you. So wonderful to hear this. Now, the next point, though, is they have to be willing to, they being that person who's initiating that conversation, they have to be willing to listen to what comes next. So in other words, if someone wants to be a CEO or someone wants to be the next level on the road, they've got to be willing to listen to the skill sets that needs to be developed next. And sometimes it's a skill set, sometimes it's just activity level, sometimes it's just time in the, in the trenches, you know, it's an experience level. But they have to be understand that the, the person before them may be saying, well, here's what we need to look at next. But again, I've got to know him, or in this case, her, she has to get to know me, there has to be that connection. A couple of thoughts I had as you were saying this. Um, first is that, don't y'all just love Bill? He said he would love for somebody young to come in his office and say, I want this. I love that. Do you think that there's also people who would think, these young people are so entitled that they think they could just come in here and tell me that they want this or that? I don't think it, you said, do you think that could be? I don't think, I know that there are people out there that believe that. I hear it almost every day that, oh, this young generation, they, 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 they've always, the trophy generation, and they've always gotten something. They never willing to spend time and sacrifice like we had to. You know, okay, I'm, I get it. <laughs> I could tell that story myself. All of us have our own path that we have followed. But believe me, my parents could have said it about me. Their parents could have said it about them. So that's always going to be the case. That's not the point today. If we're going to build an effective team, then we have to know our team members. We need to know the people that are on that team, our followers. But the second thing is we've got to know who they are, what they are, and what they want. Yeah. If, in fact, your leader... Me, Allison, anybody else is not doing that. So what do you do as she says to flip that script? Well, if you allow me, I'll, I'll say one thing. I'm a big question asker. I believe in the value and the power of questions, especially a well-thought-out question, a well-placed question, and a well-delivered question. Now, what do I mean by thought-out? Number one, know what you want to get from the answer. You may not know the answer, but know what you want to get in regard to the answer. Well-placed, you know what, uh, well-thought-out, you have prepared it, well-placed, and then well-delivered. Well-placed meaning you know who you need to talk to. Well-delivered means how to deliver that question in an appropriate way. If I had a boss, well-meaning as he or she may be, who was not asking me the right questions that would enable me to tell that boss what I wanted and needed for my job, I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare some questions. For example, all our jobs have basically three components. I'm oversimplifying. Okay. There's the technical aspect. There's the performance aspect. There's the people aspect, right? Technical, what should I know? Performance, what should I do? People, how can I be more of a team member? So if I am uh, not getting what I want or need from my boss, it may very well be that I say, boss, can I have a conversation? Can we talk? And Sure, every boss knows the right answer to that question is when someone says, can I have a conversation with you? Even though they may be a little suspicious, maybe even filled with dread to some degree, they know the right answer is yes. So they're going to give you that opportunity. Do you think it should be a passing conversation or a set meeting? You know, I, it all depends on the relationship, of course. Okay. If you've got a really good relationship, say, can I have five minutes of your time? 
That's kind of a passing conversation. I think that would work. If on the other hand, your boss is very, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, has a schedule and, and, and yes. all that, then I might say, hey, can we schedule 15 minutes? I've got something that's on my mind that I'd like to run by you. Either case, the boss is going to say yes. If they say no, we got a real problem. We can talk about that some other right. time. When you go in, say, you might even use the formula that I just now said, the technical, the performance, the people. So you might go in and say, you know, I've been evaluating my program. Maybe I've been watching some podcasts. You could even, do, I've been on some podcasts, or I've been reading some books. I've been talking to, to some of my peers. And I realized that for me to do what I want to do in my career, I need to continue to focus on the future. However, I don't always see the future as clearly as you, my boss, my leader, might be able to see the future. So... Three questions, if you don't mind. I'd be interested in hearing the answer to all of them. From a, from a technical standpoint, what else do I need to know to go to the next level in this organization? Whatever that may mean, a promotion or just knowing more or doing more or taking on more responsibility or whatever. From a technical standpoint, what do I need to know? From a performance standpoint, what do you need for me to do? From a people standpoint, how can I be more effective in the team mm -hmm. as a team member, as a team player? Now, those are especially general questions, but as the answers start coming, you can always drill down further and further and further. Your boss may say, well, technically, there's always more to learn. One of the things you might want to learn is how to, how to you know, apply software applications to this particular thing, whatever. And you go, tell me more about that. Where should I go to get that information? Uh, is there a class I can take? Is there someone locally here in, in the house that can help me through that? So in other words, the, the, the basic question then gives way to more drill down questions. Same could be said with performance. So how's performance? Your performance is great. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You've told me that before, but how could it be better? Well, I guess it, to be better, you could take on more responsibility. What would that look like? You continue to drill down with the next level question. And then people, you know, uh, how, how can I be a better team member? Well, people love you. Yeah, but how can I be better? Even if they give you the best. Yeah, they, you're, you're great. Yeah, but how can I be better? I want to continue to move the ball down the court. I'm a big proponent. You know this. I ask a lot of questions because I learn a lot by way of asking questions. But a lot of people are somehow, for some reason, I find, hesitant to ask those questions of their boss or for that, for that matter, maybe of others as well. But, but that would be one of the big recommendations I would make for anyone who is not getting everything they need from their boss. Sort of flip that script, manage your manager by asking the questions that you would like to have answers given to. So we've said that make sure your boss understands your goal. And I think framing that in a win-win situation, here's my goal, here's your goal, here's the organization's goal, here's right. where we're all trying to go and backtracking. You brought up three great questions that we can ask and backtrack from there. And the other thing I would say is talk to your boss about the same thing that you just asked us. Why not? If you have, a connect, if you have someone that... Um, you feel comfortable enough that you could sit down in a meeting with, why not say, hey, w I really appreciate the feedback that you're giving me. I would like more technical feedback. Just exactly what you said here. Oftentimes, people will come to us with problems, and the solution may very well be you need to just go say exactly what you're thinking and feeling 
to your boss. You almost, almost never can go wrong by enhancing the communication, the connection, the relationship in terms of being able to be honest with one another. You can almost, may not be mean that you'll always agree, right. but you can almost always or almost never go wrong because the trust and the connection is established. And of course, that's what we're trying to do on a every other week basis by way of this this program and these episodes. And I appreciate that Allison has uh, has initiated this. I appreciate she's invited me to be a part of it. Hopefully it's been helpful to you as well. Our hope is that with every episode that you get insights into what you can do best. For this quarter, we're focusing on team building. Specifically today, we're talking about communication between managers and employees. And we hope that it's been helpful for you. Um, if you have a challenge you'd like us to speak directly to, Shoot Bill an email, shoot me an email. You can get both of us at hello at vanhooser.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks to answer more of your questions. But until then, he's the man. She is the millennial. We'll see you soon. See ya. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For the links to everything mentioned in this episode, check out the show notes. And if you'd like more practical, tactical leadership development content, go to www.vanhooser.com for my weekly blog and all the links to my social media channels. And if it makes sense to start improving the leadership skills of your managers and supervisors, let's talk about training options for your team. Email me at allison at vanhooser.com. Leaders, make the choice today to put your stake in the ground and own your leadership success. This is Stake, the Leadership Podcast.